The Share Pickers Weekend Podcast with Justin, Paddy, Peter and Steve. The content of this podcast is not intended as investment advice. It is for information purposes only. People in this podcast may hold positions in the stocks they talk about. Do not buy anything based solely on a tip or recommendation. Please do your own research. Welcome to the Weekend Podcast. I'm joined by Paddy. Say hi, Paddy. Hello. Say hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. And Steve is not here. We are en route. Ladies and gentlemen, from Blainefestiniog to the Snowdonia National Park. I think we're in, are we actually in the Snowdonia National Park now? Yes. We're, in, we're actually in it. And the, the scenery is awesome, majestic. A little bit gloomy, a little bit grey, but uh, that's not going to put us off, lads, is it? Oh, no! Enthusiasm there for the boys. Paddy struggles with enthusiasm. Uh, when are you enthusiastic, Pad? When am I enthusiastic? Yeah. There we are, that's the answer. He's struggling to think. I did say he struggles with enthusiasm. So, um, you know, it's been... Uh, first of all, if you can donate to us, please do. you see a link on my bio there on uh, on Twitter and on LinkedIn, wherever you are, whichever social media platform you're on. It's there somewhere. Uh, yeah, the, the link... What? Explain what? You haven't explained what, why you're asking for sponsorship. I mean, asking for sponsorship to help people uh, support them with mental health issues. What? We're doing Ten Peaks oh, Challenge. Paddy's a live producer me here. Uh, I thought I just assumed people knew Pad. Yeah, Ten Peaks Challenge. We're in Snowdonia. We're doing Ten Peaks in a day. It's Saturday, twenty fourth of September. It's uh, quarter to seven in the morning. We should be there at seven. We're a bit late, uh, but we'll be the fastest, probably, boys. If there's a, I, I don't know how many people are there. I'm, I'm, it's just us, Pete. I think so. Yeah, it's just only us. Yeah, no other maniacs want to do this this time of day. This time of year in Snowdonia, it's starting to rain. All the forecasts and turn that off. We don't need that on, Peter. It's affecting the sound quality. The content's cracking. We can't have uh, sound quality be affected. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the markets. It's been a dreadful uh, week. All the indices, boys, hitting their lows. And uh, it's hard work. It's been hard work for 18 months. And I just want to say, any idea why, boys, you think the markets were hitting their lows this week? Any ideas? Any answers? Any questions? Any answers? Anything at all, boys? Tories. Tories <laughs> from Paddy, Pete. Inflation, interest rates. Yes. Uh, so Jerome Powell, head of the Fed, came out and he hiked interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point and uh, he said he will go harder faster stronger he doesn't care because uh, he's got to bring down inflation thing is boys right this is the thing this is the thing they have two things they have to look after right the fed this is most central banks they have employment uh, growth as well and stable prices but to attain stable prices they're going to have to raise interest rates and do QT, quantitative tightening, which affects employment. As yet, it hasn't affected employment, but businesses are starting to struggle. I mean, they struggle for a long time, they start laying people off. That's a lagging factor. It lagged by six to six months, I say, 12 months even. Now, if we go back to when QE happened, quantitative easing, this has never happened before, first of all. This has never happened in unprecedented times. Central banks generally ease lower interest rates do everything they can to stimulate the economy when we go into recession they are doing the very opposite globally all central banks are doing it and i can't see this ending up very well i mean we're doing the opposite of what we should be doing it's like pete now driving like a maniac on the way to snowdonia we see a sign saying araf araf on the road slow and the you know, big curb bend and he's accelerating towards the bend and it was all oh, that said go faster accelerate no, Pete, it's not going to end well. Slow down, you crazy fool. And that's what people are saying to the Fed right now. I said, slow down. 
Take the foot off the uh, take the foot off the off the brake or the power accelerator, you know? Yeah, the accelerator, the analogy fell down there. But um, so you know QE, it was like uh, I don't want to say the white elephant in the room because people lose that. It's like the the, the the erupting volcano behind you that no one's talking about. QE pretty much stimulated the entire market for ten years. Right? And that's why we had a, a bull market that lasted twice as long, went up twice as much because of QE. Do you boys know how QE works? I'm going to try and make it entertaining for you. It's very boring, but uh, I'm trying to lighten the load a bit. Uh, do you know how it works, QE? Yeah. Go on, Pad. The, the government buys, or the Bank of England buys uh, government bonds. Yeah. And what does that do? I have no idea. It sticks okay. loads of money into the economy. Yeah, exactly. So what it is, it brings down interest rates. How does it do that? So, so go, the Bank of England... This is the yield. Yeah, the Bank of England and the government... It's supposed to be independent, the Bank of England. It pretty much is, okay? So to stimulate the economy, first of all, they brought down interest rates. That means it was you know cheaper to borrow money for companies, all that stuff. Cheaper to loan out money so they could grow and expand. And then QE, which no one talks about too much, it's a little bit complex, is where... The Bank of England just create money. Just create it from nothing. You know this magic money tree you about? The Bank of England's got one of those buttons, just press a button and increase the supply of money digitally. And they go into the market, they go to pension funds, banks, and they buy government bonds and some corporate bonds off them. Now, what that does is huge demand for bonds, pushes the prices up, yields come down. That means the interest the government pay you uh, to hold those goes down. And so, you know, those pensions, banks, funds have lots of cash to bring the market. But also, there's, there's not much money to save. You can't put up on saving money, so I'm bringing money to bonds. Oh, here we are. Watch out. Slow down. So it pumps the economy like crazy. And the Bank of England puts close to 900 billion into the system over the last 10 years. Now they're doing QE. The very opposite of that, they've stopped buying bonds. QT, QT. QT, sorry, QT. They've stopped buying bonds and they're going to sell that back into the market, which will push the prices down, yields up, everything gets more expensive, loans, stops growth. Now that's the secret, the secret stuff that's going on in the background that no one really talks about, but really has a huge effect on the market. So I'm worried about the market right now because we are going into a recession and the bank, rather than sort of, you know, putting gas into the system, they're sucking it out. So your car's going to break down. We need a bit more petrol, fuel, you know? They said, no, we're siphoning it out. No! I need to get the destination. So it's a bit worrying as to where this will all go. And um, the only thing I think is going to change the direction of the market is when the Fed and the Bank of England realise they've gone too far. Because remember, people were worrying, were worrying and warning about inflation on QE from 2000, because it's never, never been done before in the Western world, it's done in Japan. But so they're worrying about inflation induced by you know, QE way before it happened. And look what's happened. And inflation started happening because asset prices go up, of course, because all the money goes in the markets, there's lots of money sloshing around, it goes in assets, all asset prices goes up, and so that creates inflation. Now it's happened, it happened way before Ukraine kicked in, or that happened, and that exacerbated the problem, but you know, the big driver of that was QE, so it's the opposite of that now, so it's a bit worrying, the lag factor on what they're doing right now, no one really knows. Araf, Peter. So um, it's a bit worrying there. So um, hopefully the banks will reverse policy end of sort of uh, maybe next year when they realise the economy is in the dumps. Because guess what? The Bank of England said, oh, we're now probably in a recession, as if we didn't know that. You know, we knew that anyway. Two quarters of consecutive contraction. This is a nice place, yes. But there's no, there's no, we didn't stay in this little village pad. No, I'm not joking. Where we stayed, 
I, I, well, it's, it's the, the people there were a bit odd, weren't they? I mean, we got there, Pete parked his car, right? And then they had a fire next to his car. A group of people just standing around having a fire next to his car. Walked down to the little town there to get something to eat and drink. There was like a group of teenagers, about 20 of them, queuing for something. They were, they were just standing there on the road. That's nothing else to do. It's a very odd place. It's like... What about that Simon Pegg film? You know that film where you go those very odd out the back of beyond and the people have been inbred and all that? It's a bit like that. The, the scenery's lovely, but um, the people like, uh, don't, don't really fit. But uh, anyway, uh, so that's going to be... I'm a bit worried about the economy. Uh, I think central banks have to reverse their policy because I think they're going to trash the economy. When they start seeing signs of that, which is a lagging factor, then they'll start reversing policy and the market will rally like crazy. So... How do you? I mean, no. The best way of telling boys, right? If the market's going to reverse, is look at bonds. I've never really paid too much attention to bonds. I become a bit obsessed with bonds, and essentially, bonds move first. So when when the, when the bond yields peak, that's the, the turning of the market. And as yet, they're not peaking. So keep an eye on bonds. When they start coming down the yields, the market will start rallying. Bonds move first, then equities. How many bonds have you bought? I haven't bought any bonds. No, you can't the point because the bond prices are going down, you see the yields are going up. But if bond prices keep going down, you, you know, it doesn't matter, does it? It's like having, having it's exactly like having uh, only a, a share of, oh, that's nice, that's a nice little place, it's almost like having a share of a company pad that pays a dividend. You say, oh, you get a 5% dividend. Yeah, but the share price has gone down by 10%. So there's no point, you know, unless you're in the long term, there's no point. So uh, anyway, biome. Pete, do you still hold your biome? I do, yes. Do you, Pad? Yeah. Okay, I dumped my dumped my biome, and I lost money on it. But the reason why I lost is that I don't see how they got to the statement they put out, considering six weeks ago they were uber bullish on the second half this year, saying so we expect significant revenue growth to happen this year because two of our biggest American customers, uh, two of our biggest Americans, nice, yeah, yeah. What is this place? We're staying in a bit of a dump. This place looks lovely. It looks like it's Christmas. Bets are quiet. Bets are quiet. It's awful. Yes. Do you know why? That there at Royal Oak, we're trying to book that. It's all full up. You can't blame me for booking a dump. You got, we've got three double beds, boys. Well, it's three of us. You can't book a room for three of us if we share a bed. I don't want that. I mean, hindsight, I would have done that, actually. Yeah. It's a lot nicer. Let's be honest. The beds we've got fine, isn't it? The place is all right. It wasn't clean. But, um... Yeah, we got there. Like, like a ski village. It is like a ski village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ski resort, yeah this is nice. nice. Yeah, so if, bit of a tip, everyone. Betsy if you're coming to Snowdonia, try and book in Betsy Coid, I think it's called, uh, rather than Planet Ficiniog. Uh Anyway, so. A bit of a tip. Yeah. So, Biome, I dumped. I can't hold stock in a company who I don't trust the statements of. They've gone from, on the 2nd of August, being uber bullish because they're two big American customers have stocked up their inventory to sell their product to now. No, it's not going to happen. Hang on, where's the inventory gone? Those big American customers had the inventory. You said their, I think the, the words was preparedness, their stock lines, their inventory, preparedness, ready to go to launch the products. Now it's not going to happen. Why is oh, that? It's not going to happen, or has it just been delayed? Well, apparently it will happen. They're saying now revenue will be significantly below, below the issues out there. I don't know. I mean, I just got so angry, I dumped a lot, lost a lot of money on that. But you know what? I've got a bit of cash now. And uh, I'm happy with that position in this market because I think, on a positive side, you will never get a better return in your life than when a bear market turns to a bull market. You can double your money fast, I mean, you know, within a week when it turns. So keep the, you know, nice to have a bit of powder, nice to have it dry, nice to get it going. I, I mean, Matt, uh, do you want to talk about any more stocks? Because I'm, I'm, I'm amazed you've got, Pete. 
five minutes. Five minutes. Let's talk about Paddy, Paddy's favourite. Um, another big, uh, you know, financial sort of discussion announcement this week was uh, Quasi Quateng. First of all, what the heck was Quasi Quateng doing in the funeral of the Queen, laughing his head off? I mean, he, he was putting the fun in funeral, wasn't he? Do you understand what he was doing? But he looks like, uh, no, no, I, mean, I don't want to accuse him, but he looks like he was on something, didn't he? I think he was probably just uh, laughing at the thought of the madness he was going to um, give us at the uh, dispatch box yesterday, yeah. yeah. He was just chuckling at the, the prospect of the utter mentalness he was about to release, release into the financial world. Yeah, it was been nuts. They're going for growth, they say, right? Oh, yeah. the, the Bank of England... Are doing... How many times you say that? What, if the policies don't match that, then... It, Oh, they're not going for growth. They're going to line their pockets. Yeah, I fail to see how any of those policies are going to stimulate massive growth in the economy. I mean, if you look at uh, stamp duty, the housing market's already overpriced. You know, people can't afford houses. This will um, make it worse for people. I don't see how that's going to stimulate growth really too much. So, so it's very odd, isn't it? And the worrying thing is, pound now is sinking to an all-time low. Do you know why that is? Because essentially... The government get the, the government get their income from tax. They've just really reduced all the tax thresholds, right? So it's like saying business. Oh, we're now we're not going to take as much revenue now. We just don't want to, um, and, that, and the margins get thinner. So the government, the Bank of England PLC, or the government PLC, has become a bigger risk. So essentially, bonds have gone up, bond, bond yields have gone up because the government and they need to get their money from somewhere. That's where they get their money from. If they're shortfall, if they don't, you know, if they're spending more, they take tax in, which they are on a consistent basis. They get money from bonds, but bond yields are shooting up. Two-year bond yields over four percent. That means government debt is seen as more risky now, and to get you know, and for people to loan to give, give money has to be a bigger, bigger reward. It's a bigger risk reward there. So it's not safe debt. Well, it is still sort of safe relative, but I mean, it's getting more risky. So is there any policies there, Pad? Or Pete, in fact, Pete, you reckon there was a policy amongst those policies that would help growth. Didn't you say in the pub last night? Uh, well, no, any tax cuts can stimulate growth, but they're very token, aren't they, this time? They're very small, so I can't see how it's going to be massively helpful. But it's something, isn't it? Yeah, so what... Okay, let's, let's be a bit creative then, boys. If you were in government... Um, right? You have to spin it right the other way. Like, So think about Keynesian economics. Like, The biggest stimulant of growth is government spending. They need to be spending more. So they need to be increasing taxes and investing in public services, which would, that would stimulate growth. This this is not stimulating growth. This is just, just lying in their pockets. Yeah. I didn't see any hugely... They said, we're, we're going to do some earth-shattering policy... There's nothing creative there in my mind, you know, just tweaking little bits of policy. I just thought, well, why? The best you've got. Yeah, yeah, it's the best you got. I thought, why not do something creative? Like, create like you know, a world center where, where industry, businesses want to come, you know, where they want to be. And so, in, in, invite you know, big companies, you know, cutting edge technologies into our country, give them incentives, get people on the traineeship, traineeships, apprenticeships in these companies, you know, really encourage these big corporations to come. So, and that, that none of that stuff there, was it? Just a little bit of tax cut here, it'll be national insurance here. How is that going to stimulate growth? I'm just really worried about that. I think it's absolute nonsense. But um, here we are. Uh, but the thing is, Pad, do you know what annoys me? There's no opposition really cutting through saying, what are you doing? This is not innovative. This is just boring. And he's tweaking policies. I mean, the higher rate of tax thing, people say you are playing to the rich now, the higher rate of tax. 
I, I don't think there's that, that many super rich people have moved out of this country because they were paying that tax. It's, it's not going to discourage people from being here. And you ask most billionaires, I mean, Buffett is famous for saying, tax me more. The extra money I, I, I don't have. So I think what they should do with that is say to billionaires... They billion- pay that tax anyway, do they? The rich people don't tend to pay the higher rate tax because they would have offset it in all kinds of ways. So. Yeah, I, I think there should be a way of saying. Yeah, there should be a way of saying if you're earning a certain amount above that amount, either you invest it into the local economy, or you're taxed on it. Full stop. Get some, you know, get some money coming. We need money coming in. We need. To, what, what's the most innovative country in the world? It was in Singapore for a while. Was saying money was flooding into Singapore. That's the kind of you know incentive we need. Why? How can we get that? How can we get that? How can we get like you know people, companies, businesses, all of this wanting to invest in Britain because it's the most attractive jurisdiction in the world to invest in? You get government support, incentives, all that kind of stuff. That's what we want—an inflow companies of people. What's that? Companies need people. Yeah. We need to invest in education. We need our people to be as trained as any other European country, or if not better, if we're going to compete with all these countries that we're now not part of the yeah. EU with. And they've done absolutely nothing to improve productivity in this country since we left the EU. So yeah. that would be where I would spend my buck. Personally. Yeah, yeah, I'm not impressed with the uh, the government's you know, amazing growth sort of strategy. Um, okay, Any, anything else, boys? Before we get there, how long have we got? Eight minutes. Eight minutes. <laughs> Eight minutes. I'm not going to talk up to the clock because uh, we're not on radio. There's nothing here, boys. You can't just keep complaining. Hey, none of you are going to book it. We wouldn't. All these were booked out, right? Uh, uh, two more reasons, right? All these were booked out, <laughs> and none of them had three beds separately. Right. Now, I don't want to share with you hairy ass boys, okay? I didn't. I got up at three this morning. You don't want me, you know, waking up at three in the morning. Um, yeah, hairy ass boys. And um, one other thing, boys, I, on a recommendation level, TV wise, Paddy would love this. I think Pete would love this as well. Uh, it goes in the archives. It's called uh, what's it called? The Spider's Web: Britain's Second Empire on Netflix, and uh, it's excellent. And it shows you where the city of London got its power from. And essentially, the city of London people people think of London as a city, but the city of London is a jurisdiction to, unto itself. It's got its own police force. It's got the Lord Mayor, which is not City Car. It's got the Mayor, the Lord Mayor. The Lord Mayor is only elected by business people in the city of London. It's not by real people, and he's a peer in the House of Lords. So he's got a bit of pressure there. He can apply pressure, but it shows how the city of London became powerful, it was, and it's so fascinating because when Britain was like a, a strong Commonwealth, and sterling was the world the global currency. Uh, certain countries wanted their independence, started rebelling against Britain. And I think it came to a head in the Suez Canal, where I think it was Egypt said, We don't want to be part of Britain, we want to own the Suez Canal. And Egypt. Um, um, whoa, slow down, Peter! Whoa, whoa, that means Chris and died then, you fool! <laughs> but, um. It's peeing down with rain, what's going on here? <laughs> this was not the plan, the weather forecast! I actually put it in capital letters on WhatsApp group saying, Peter, it's not going to rain. <laughs> Nice and now it's actually hammering down. Yeah. Oh, please sponsor us, it's worth it. Anyway, so this is how the city of London got its power, right? Back in the day, it was a Suez Canal rebelled against Britain. America refused to join in because they saw it as a bit of a way to get uh, you know, dominance in the dollar because the dollar was creeping up. And then Britain, basically, the sterling started crashing, people pulling out of the sterling, and so the dollar became dominant. And then the bankers in the city of London said, I know what we'll do. We'll create like a euro dollar. So you can trade it in London, 
Now, the difference between the euro dollar and the dollar is there's no jurisdiction or regulation over trading the euro dollar. And they say, well, how do you get away with that? Because it's, surely it's the law of the land. So no, we'll pretend it's traded in all these colonies, like um, Cayman Islands, all these places. There's loads of these. I think about 14 is there, somewhere around the West Indies. Uh, and so they did that, and they started competing with the actual dollar. And the Americans got heard about this and said, hang on a sec, what are you doing with the euro dollar? Everyone's trading the euro dollar. He said, yes, because it's not regulated. He said, well, how? Because it's in the Cayman Islands. These empty buildings. Uh, Peter, slow down your fool. So these empty buildings with uh, just brass plates on the front of them, basically, there's no inside them, but that's where officially it's been traded. But it's not. It's been traded in London. And so the Americans said, okay, well, let's trade our dollar through these uh, havens. And so the Americans started using the city of London's illegal offshore tax havens to trade the dollar. And that's how the city of London became very powerful. Basically, by circumventing the law. So can you see here, right, Pad? That's how it became so powerful, City of London, on, on bent law, on breaking the rules. Yeah, and, uh, and pretty much, you can say, the bankers now still do. Never, there's one line in that, in that documentary, I haven't seen it all, the guy said, essentially, you, you'll never see a banker in the City of London get arrested for anything, you know, for, for basically white-collar crime because they're protected and they have to use that protection and offer that protection to international banks as well. And that's why it's still the biggest financial centre in Europe and it's second only to New York. So it's still huge, it's still big and that's the power. The power was built on crookedness, essentially. So uh, look at that. Oh, see, boys, the rain has now stopped. We have, look at, look at that, a little tablecloth of mist across the top of the mountain there. Is that Snowden, Pete? No. That's the biggest one I've seen so far. <laughs> We're not doing all these. Listen, uh, just to finish off, if you can, please, donate £10 because I'm probably going to die. Okay? Look at the size of these things. How many, seriously, how many of these do they build a year, Pete? <laughs> yeah. We build a nice mountain every year, attract the tourists. We realised, we put the first one up, it was so popular, we build a mountain every year, non-stop, we finish it before Christmas, and then we all have a rest, and then all the tourists come up and chuck rubbish all over them and do it for sponsorship. Ten pounds, please. Yeah, right, okay, listen, that's less the criticism of my uh, accommodation choice. At least we had an accommodation. After you two boys, that was a speed camera, Pete. Speed camera. That was a speed camera. It was a little window in the back of a van. Please sponsor us to just cover the cost of the speeding ticket. <laughs> it won't go to the mental health people and charity and suicide prevention. It go to Pete's speeding ticket. <laughs> oh, look at that lovely reservoir. I'll do a video now and send some videos of this on the other thing. But uh, thanks for this weekend, Paul. Any, any further points, uh, Pad? No. no. Okay, cheers, boys. Thanks for the input. The Share Pickers Weekend Podcast with Justin, Paddy, Peter, and Steve. The content of this podcast is not intended as investment advice. It is for information purposes only. People in this podcast may hold positions in the stocks they talk about. Do not buy anything based solely on a tip or recommendation. Please do your own research.